the Kansas City Chiefs are officially Super Bowl champions, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57 by the final score of 38 to 35. We talk about if the Chiefs are officially a dynasty. We look at things from the Eagles' perspective. Talk about D'Amico Ryans as the head coach of the Houston Texans, and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, so you have me, Kevin Ostrecker, one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over on video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On NFL is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And we are back taking you through the biggest stories of the week throughout the NFL with our local experts. And obviously the biggest story is what happened in Super Bowl 57, the Chiefs and the Eagles. It was a great game all around. The Chiefs getting the better of the Eagles, though, 38-35. to 35. Here we're going to be talking with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs about the Kansas City win and whether the Chiefs are officially a dynasty now. We'll talk a bit with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles about things from the Eagles' perspective and whether his panic meter is high or low about the Eagles getting back to the Super Bowl. And also we'll talk with... John Hickman of Locked On Texans, a bit about D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slowick, and that coaching staff to start in the form over there in Houston. So without any further ado, let's now dive into our first conversation with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs. Well, we have a new Super Bowl champion in the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 57 goes to Kansas City, 38-35. to was a really good game all the way around. And here to talk with me about their Super Bowl champion Chiefs. It is Chris Clark, one of the hosts on Locked On Chiefs. And I call them the new Super Bowl champs, Chris. But, I mean, they won it just a couple of years ago. They're back. They win it again. And this is now a team that I think you can start talking about a word that we'll get into in a couple of minutes. But for now, I just want to hear your thoughts on the game. Kansas City was down 24-14 to 14 at halftime. Pastor Mahomes gets injured or re-injured and you're thinking is he even going to be out there for the second half he laces it up he gets back out there what went right for Kansas City to pull this game out just about everything in the second half went right for Kansas City when it came to offense and you go on Twitter and you can see so many different people throwing out different stats and I absolutely love but one of the ones that really sticks out to me Dan Orlovsky tweeted out earlier today Patrick Mahomes it's it's amazing to watch him do what he does down double digits uh, he scored, he only had the ball 24 minutes in this game, scored 31 points in 24 minutes against the number one defense in the NFL. It, it's not normally his type of game when he's not thrown for 300 yards, but he still had three touchdown passes. He still, you know, ran for 44 yards, I think, and that run to set them up for the game winning field goal was huge. Uh, he played phenomenal tonight, and you look at the offensive line, not quite – Quite honestly, that is the story of the game for me. This Chiefs offensive line did not allow Mahomes to get sacked. The way he plays, he's going to get hit because he's going to try to hold onto the ball as long as he can and get the ball down the field and get it to his playmakers. So he's going to take some of those shots. But he didn't get sacked. 
And this was the number one team in sacks the entire season in the Eagles and not one sack. Yeah, just to be able to do that and be able to keep Mahomes consistently upright. You mentioned the hits and the one that he took that, you know, tackled where he gets up and he's limping and you're kind of wondering what what's going to happen next. Is he going to come out? And then he does that. He has the big run in the second half where it looked like his, his leg was going to fall off on that run. But he he gunned it out in the Chiefs or champions here again. But, Chris, this game was one where, again, Taylor two halves, but you also had guys stepping up left and right on both offense and defense and special teams, all three phases working in the Chiefs' favor. Now, you know, you still have the Eagles scoring 35 points, but that's less than the Chiefs scored, and that's what matters, and they got the job done when it matters. So who are some of the unsung heroes you want to give a shout-out to for, for this performance? Jared McKinnon, uh, and I – I throw him out, and I know people are going to laugh. He didn't score any touchdowns, but his run at the very end of the game to put them down first and goal at the two-yard line, that's huge. Just the smarts to be able to do that, that's that's a, something that you're not going to see a lot of players do. He was selfless in that act because you know he's going to want to score a touchdown. He wants to be you know the guy that's that's doing that kind of thing, but he did it for his team. That was phenomenal by him. Kadarius Tony. Uh, Kansas City, and I said this on our podcast, I said this on Lockdown Chiefs, I don't know that Kansas City wins this game without Tony. And it wasn't just the touchdown, it was the punt return. He flipped the field, and he just played huge all game long. And that's somebody who, again, midseason acquisition, you invest a, a third rounder in him, and it pays off in the biggest way. And, you know, special teams coming up huge for the Chiefs over the last two games, first with Sky Moore, and then you have Kadarius Tony doing his thing in this game. And Chris, I know for a lot of Chiefs fans, this has to feel, it has to feel like vindication. It has to feel like it almost like, and I told you so, because there weren't a lot of people that believed in this team, especially after losing Tyree kill. I know we talked about it, how the AFC West with Las Vegas and Los Angeles and even Denver, how the chiefs, all those teams, they said, well, they got better and they added superstars while Kansas City, they just kind of did around the margins. They didn't really do their thing. I mean, what do you have to say to the people who, who didn't believe in, in what this team was cooking up for this season? Like Travis Kelsey said it best, you got to put some respect on our name. And he's talking about the whole Chiefs and the organization. Nobody picked Kansas City to win. Uh, you're absolutely right. You know, Kansas City lost Tyree Kill. You would think that they were, everybody picked him to not even win the AFC West, they picked him to take a couple steps back. Uh, in the AFC this year and they went on and they won and Mahomes had a better season than he's had with Hill since his rookie since the his first year starting so you know he played phenomenal all year long and then you start looking at the other weapons that they added in MVS had a huge AFC championship game Juju stepped up in this game uh, seven catches on nine targets Uh, absolutely huge for him to be able to do that and because it was one of those games where Travis Kelsey got his early and then it kind of stalled out a little bit. You were able to run the ball a little bit. So you got Tony involved on a touchdown play. You got Sky Moore involved on a touchdown play. Justin Watson had a couple of catches, but you know Juju stepped up and, and had some big catches. Uh, four first downs on seven catches. That's pretty good. Yeah, there are a lot of contributions everywhere. But Chris, all right, it's the word I want to be talking about now. The D word, <laughs> dynasty. Are we witnessing the beginnings or are we even in now? a dynasty for the Chiefs team. You have two Super Bowl championships with Pastor Mahomes at the helm. You have five straight hosting AFC championship games. 
there are a lot on the Chiefs side right now. And it seems like, you know, with, you know, Mahomes isn't going anywhere. They have talent. This is a team that both player wise, coach wise, I know there's some uncertainty with certain coaches in terms of what their futures could be. But do you feel like we are witnessing or beginning to witness the start of a Chiefs dynasty right now? Well, three Super Bowls in four years, one, two. Um, they have the game's best player. I, I don't know that anybody can really argue that Mahomes isn't the best player in the game right now. Uh, and they were supposed to be worse this year. This was supposed to be more of a retooling year, not necessarily a rebuilding year, but a retooling year. You trade away your most dynamic weapon in Tyree Kill. You go out and you draft 12 guys, and they all make the team, and they all make huge contributions throughout the season. Uh, Karloff just didn't play a ton in the in the championship in the Super Bowl, but he had some great plays in, in early in the playoffs. Uh, Leo Chanel, who is a guy that hasn't really played much during the season, had some big plays against the run tonight against the Eagles, and, and made contributions that he hasn't been doing all year because he hasn't been out there because they haven't been in base enough. And then you start looking at the rookies on the back end with you know Brian Cook. Didn't really see much from him tonight, but you did see a lot from the rookie corners. You know, Trim McDuffie was out there uh, playing well, and Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, all out there, you know, having their moments. And then you go look at the other side of the ball, and you have the rookie and Isaiah Pacheco who goes and beats the Philadelphia Eagles backfield, other than Jalen Hurts, in rushing yards. I didn't see that coming, but he did it, and that is one of the reasons they were able to win this game. Yeah, the Chiefs, they, they've had a very, very much so great last couple of years, and it feels like they're not going anywhere, and it's not just this year. I mean, these guys are going to continue to grow. <laughs> this is just their rookie year. This guy can be the limit for a lot of these guys. So I think we're witnessing something special in, in Kansas City. We'll see what the offseason brings. But for now, you can't take it away from them. They are Super Bowl champions, winning Super Bowl 57, and that is what it is. But, Chris, I appreciate you for more. On the Chiefs, be sure to check out the Locked On Chiefs podcast and Chris's work over there, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on. The Chiefs have something special going on in Kansas City right now. Again, congratulations to them on their Super Bowl win, and I'm sure we're going to be seeing them in the NFL and in the NFL's brightest stages for a very long time. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be looking at the other side of the spectrum, talking with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles about what went wrong for Philadelphia, as well as whether they'll be back in a Super Bowl soon. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Locked On NFL. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And when you're at your best, you can do a ton of great things. But sometimes you're not at your best and life can get you bogged down and you might feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you really want to working with a therapist can help you get closer to that best version of you though because when you feel empowered you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws on you no matter how difficult it can be and so many people have benefited from therapy and there are a ton of benefits from doing it it's really helpful for people to learn positive coping skills how to set boundaries it can even empower you to become the best version of yourself And it isn't just for people who fall into a specific category. There are so many types of therapy and so many types of reasons to try it out. And if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com 
slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Welcome back to our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. Thank you again for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, again, including on YouTube. So be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and follow along anywhere you get your podcast in audio form. But we talked with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs about the Chiefs win, but now we're going to be talking with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles about the Eagles' loss, what's next for Philadelphia, what went wrong for them in Super Bowl 57, and a lot more. So we're going to dive into our conversation with Louie now. Well, there is a winner and there is a loser. And in this case, the Philadelphia Eagles are the losers. They fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 38-35 to in Super Bowl 57. Here to talk about that with me and what's ahead for the Philadelphia Eagles is Louie DiBiase, one of the hosts over at Locked On Eagles. And Louie, just starting off with the game in particular, you know, 38-35, a, a really good game. Obviously an offensive slugfest, but where did it go wrong for the Eagles and how do you think they could have pulled this one out? Yeah, had a 10-point lead heading into the second half. I think what went wrong is two-thirds of your team, they just did not show up. The offense had an incredible performance, and they had some mistakes for sure, too, that came back. The regular season, they had some of those issues, and they came back today. But for the most part, it was just the defense couldn't get a stop. And the second half, your historic pass rush that nearly broke the 85 Bears' record, had zero sacks today, had no pressure on a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes that's incredible but at the same time he was banged up he re-injured his ankle and you couldn't get to him you couldn't stop the run either overall Jonathan Gannon's unit just completely was invisible and then special teams has not been good all year and we were worried that eventually it's going to come back to bite you it did with that huge punt return by Kadarius Tony. so I think it was just a culmination Kevin of a bunch of things just kind of steamrolling in that third and fourth quarter just I think self-inflicted wounds it's you know, in a shootout against maybe one of the greatest coaches and quarterbacks of all time, it's, it's never, you know, too bad to think, okay, we lost 38-35, but the way you did it, you should have had the win, and there were a lot of self-inflicted mistakes is definitely makes it harder to swallow, even considering how close it was. Right, and I know, Louie, for me, I don't like to pin everything on play calling or everything yeah. on execution, but was there one or the other where you thought maybe outweighed in terms of which one you maybe place more blame on here? Yeah, I think it was definitely a combination of both, but I, I think overall this was the most talented Eagles roster of all time, and I think they were let down by coaching today. I think you look at Jonathan Gannon. It just didn't feel like he had a game plan. It felt like Andy Reid just completely schooled him in every single way. It didn't look like Gannon had a plan for the Chiefs specifically. It felt like he came into this game and said, here's what we do best. It doesn't matter what Kansas City does. This is what we're going to do. And the Chiefs knew that, and they totally exploited that. I mean, they had no plan for Travis Kelsey. They had no plan when the four-man pass rush wasn't getting there. There were no pressures dialed up. And when they finally did, it was in a moment that it didn't make any sense on that third and goal to you know, allow the Chiefs to score the go-ahead touchdown. So I think overall, you look at that. You look at Mike Clay on special teams, how they've constantly let this team down throughout the year, and they were holding them back to a certain degree. I think it was definitely on coaching. Even Nick Sirianni, the offense had an incredible day, but there were some times that they got very conservative in the red zone. They had to settle for field goals when they needed touchdowns. And then there was that moment in the third quarter where it's fourth and two, and I know it's on your own 32-yard line, but Patrick Mahomes, your defense is not stopping him. Jalen Hurts is the only thing keeping you alive in this game put the game in his hands like Doug Peterson did with Nick Foles back in 2017. And he didn't do what he punted and you know, the rest is history. So I think this is more in coaching. The execution was definitely sloppy penalties, some turnovers defense was bad, but I, I would probably say coaching if I had to choose one. 
And speaking of coaching and kind of moving into the Eagles offseason, there's a chance mm. the Eagles could lose both offensive and defensive coordinators yep. here, both potentially getting head coaching opportunities across the league. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? How, how big of a blow would that be to Philadelphia? Or, or would you welcome change in either one of those positions, despite how successful a year they had? Yeah, anytime you lose a play caller for your MVP quarterback who's 24 years old, it is not great, but I think the Eagles have a good plan in place to transition from Shane Steichen, who's now going to be with the Indianapolis Colts, to Brian Johnson, who's been working with Hertz since he was actually a little kid. So Johnson is highly regarded across the NFL. He was going to end up leaving somewhere else to somewhere else for an offensive coordinator position if Steichen didn't get hired. So I think they're fine on offense with Jalen, with Johnson, with Nick Sirianni still there as head coach. On defense, if Jonathan Gannon gets a head coaching job, to be honest, Kevin, I welcome it. I thought overall Gannon did a pretty good job this year, but these moments where he has these lapses in judgment situationally, it's hurt them a lot when they play elite teams, elite quarterbacks, and he hasn't really played an elite quarterback all year, so you thought maybe those problems went away, and then the minute he plays a Patrick Mahomes, all those problems of 2021 came back. I just, I think it's time for a change. This personnel and defense is great, and I think coaching really held them back, and I think they could do better. So if he gets a head coaching job, honestly, I welcome it. And with personnel, I mean, you mentioned it, just talent up and down the Eagles' entire roster. But now, yeah. obviously, for every team, the offseason, no roster is exactly the same when you're talking about an NFL roster. So there will be some change somewhere. I mean, for you, Louis, what are your priorities in terms of getting maybe the final piece or the final couple of pieces to get this Eagles team over the top? Yeah, to be honest, I think they have everything they need. And I think it's just trying to retain it, just making the right decisions. I think you look after 2017, Howie Roseman made every wrong move you could to make sure that window was not extended. So I think they have a lot of free agents they need to take care of. I think you need to sign the youngest players there. You got to make sure the trenches can still stay as elite as it's been. So I think everything, Kevin, they have in place can win you a championship. Again, you lost 38 to 35 to the most consistent team you've had in the 21st century outside of the Brady Belichick dynasty with Mahomes and Reed. So I think you have it in place. You have a lot of young core pieces on both sides of the ball, unlike after Super Bowl 52. So I just think it's Howie Roseman making the right judgment calls, who to resign and who you let go by replacing them with young assets. You got two first round picks this year too. You can really extend the window by nailing those picks as well. I think the future is bright and that's why eventually you'll take the glass half full approach, but it just feels like this was a blown opportunity because, again, most of these guys are coming back, but the team is never guaranteed to be the same, and you do have a lot of free agents. So it just felt like this was a historic team that it should have ended in confetti, and it, it didn't. Yeah, the NFL is a crazy league. Year after year, crazy things happen. The Eagles, they had expectations going into the year, but they, I think, blew those out of the water, impressed everybody, and, and showed that they are here to stay. But Louie, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for hopping on. For more on the Eagles, be sure to check out Louie's work over at the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, Louie. I appreciate you. I think the Eagles are going to be just fine. They have a super talented roster. They were in this game until the end, had the big halftime lead. But, you know, for a lot of these guys, it was their first Super Bowl. And look, you're saying that the Eagles won a Super Bowl not a long time ago, but, you know, for Jalen Hurts, it was his first Super Bowl and, and all this stuff going into just having experience. It, it's big. So I think with the Eagles, they have this experience now. You can appreciate the moments and, and get back. So I think the Eagles will be back sooner rather than later. But we're going to head into our final break now here on Lockdown NFL. Coming up, we're going to be moving away from the Super Bowl a little bit and talking about the Houston Texans with John Hickman of Locked On Texans, D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slowick, and more. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a lot to dive into on the show.
But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and even threes drained. And for me, I'm a Denver Nuggets guy. That's my NBA team. And uh, first in the West right now, by the way, it's been a good season for them. And they're playing the Miami Heat tonight on Monday. And I know they say Miami nightlife is undefeated. So if you want to bet against them and you want to get bet for the Miami nightlife to get the better of them, you can do that on FanDuel. Or if you want to bet on the Nuggets in their great record this season to beat Miami, you can do that as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with the same game parlay. And they have so many more exclusive bets like the two by three. That's two, three pointers scored in the first three minutes. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more a FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. We return here, our final segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Allstriker is still here with you. Again, thank you so much for being here with us today on the show and making us your first listen. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, like the video, follow along in audio form as well. We're going to move away from the Super Bowl conversation now because we are officially, officially in the 2023 offseason. And I know for teams who were not in the Super Bowl, they've been trying to make some changes, some of them coaching-wise. And the Texans have hired D'Amico Ryans. They just got Bobby Sloak as their offensive coordinator. We'll be talking about what's going on in Houston right now with John Hickman of Locked On Texans. We'll dive into that conversation starting now. Well, the Houston Texans have their man and head coach D'Amico Ryans here to talk about that. The staff around D'Amico Ryans and more is John Hickman, one of the hosts of Locked On Texans. And John, I know there was a lot of conversation about, first of all, if Lovey Smith should have even been moved on from. But if he was to be moved on from, who would the next guy be? Could the Texans bring in somebody who could lead this team to the next level? And D'Amico Ryan seems to me like one of the best hires, one of the best candidates on the head coaching market. Houston brings him in. I mean, how excited were you when you first heard the news that this was official here? Uh, so, one, it was never a conversation whether or not if Lovey should be gone. It was always Lovey should be gone. But uh, excited, right? D'Amico Ryan's getting hired was a huge win for Houston. And Houston has not had a lot of wins in the past few seasons. It was a win because you get a coach that other teams wanted. This wasn't a coach that you had to settle for or in-house hire and, 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 and promote because nobody wants to come to Houston. This was a coach that other teams really wanted. And you beat the Denver saga, what was going on the entire time. Was it Denver? Was it Houston? You beat them out. You bring in D'Amico, former Texan player, right? And they rolled out the red carpet, and it did seem like D'Amico Ryans at that press conference really pumped fresh blood and a new life in a, in, in a dead fan base, which is what you want out of a coaching hire, because I think if that is what you get out of a coaching hire, then you can eventually get that out of your franchise, just a new, new fresh uh, uh, life to live as Texas fans. And so they got it right. Uh, I was truly excited because now it feels like I won't say that this upcoming year will be peaches and cream, but eventually we can, we can see this Texan team playing some competitive football. And that's been lacking for the past three seasons. 
Yeah, Houston now has somebody who you mentioned was a candidate for multiple different teams and multiple teams wanted as their next guy. But I think, John, this is a hire that not only changes what I think Houston can do on the football field, but also when you talk about culture, Tamika Ryans is a, like a culture guy. Like I think he's going to come Absolutely. in there and change that culture. What, what does it do for Houston both on and off the field now that Ryans is the head coach? In Man, I think to keep it short, it gets the stench of losing off of you. Right. I mean, this 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 team has been losers in the past three seasons. One season with Deshaun, two without him, one with David Cully, one with Lovey Smith playing for the tie at the beginning of the season against the Colts and, and and doing those type of things. They even lost out on the number one overall pick because of how they ended the season. And so they've been losers, their franchise. And it's okay to say that. But with D'Amico, the energy that he brings, you want to do better. And no NFL player plays the game to lose. But that was the reality of the situation. But I think that when you get D'Amico, now you can build a real winning atmosphere and franchise in this roster. Now we can really see what general manager Nick Casario, who botched the first two head coaching hires with David Cully and Smith, what he can do now to build a roster that's competitive. Because now you have a head coach in D'Amico Ryan's that not only does your team respect, but pending free agents you know what? I want to go play for him. And Houston is a beautiful city. Now you have a coach of a franchise of a be- in a beautiful city that you can really respect and go play for. That's why that's important because you got to look at everything outside of him controlling what he can do on the players are with the players already on the roster. Now you can bring in a Jimmy Ward. That's the name to look for. Now you can possibly bring bring in a Zach Allen who played for Arizona. The Arizona defensive line coach was just hired for defensive coordinator here in Houston. Now you can do some of these small things to improve your roster because of D'Amico's hiring. Yeah, and it, it really, it is a, it's a chain effect with what D'Amico, I think, does to this organization. I know they're now starting to build that staff out around D'Amico Ryans. I'm one of very familiar face for at least Ryans in San Francisco. Bobby Slowick coming over, going to be the new offensive coordinator in Houston. This is a guy that I think multiple teams wanted. Again, but it felt like it was always he was either going back to San Francisco or he was going to follow Ryan's to Houston and become that offensive coordinator. I mean, how big of a get is that in kind of the staff they've already built around Ryan so far? Yeah, we look at uh, you look you look at Bobby Slowick. He did a very good job with, with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was the Cinderella of the NFL just because of everything that you know he was able to accomplish as Mister Irrelevant, right? And I think that label because of Brock Purdy can now be looked at differently because of the work that Bobby Slowick and, of course, Kyle Shanahan was able to do with that young quarterback in the season that was just kind of like crazy. Jimmy G's out. Uh, Trey Lance is out. We need for you to step in and do what you what you can. And he goes out there and lights them up. Helps that team be one of the best offensive scoring teams in the NFL. And Bobby Slowick played a huge part of that. Now with Bobby Slowick, he has never called plays before. That is a concern, not necessarily a big one, maybe a minute concern, but it's a concern nonetheless. And I look at that by saying, well, he's under the Kyle Shanahan tree. So at the very least, I expect for him to be able to maximize the strengths of the players on his offense. Yeah, and with that, you know, now that you have some sort of, you know, just knowing who's on that coaching staff a little bit, what do you think the offseason priorities now lie for Houston? I know quarterback is a big one. That's a huge one for him. But how do you kind of build out this Texans roster now that you have D'Amico Ryans in place? Deron Payne is a free agent. Zach Allen is a free agent. Dalvin Tomlinson is a free agent. Um, 
Sheldon Rankins is a free agent. The Jets may potentially cut uh, the the defensive end out there. It was Lawson. Um, Carl very, Lawson. Carl Lawson. They may cut him. What I'm getting at is, hey, Houston got to be able to stop the run next year. Ever since the loss of DJ Reader, who went to Cincinnati, played in the Super Bowl. I think he was hurt, but a team that went to the Super Bowl while he was there, they haven't been able to stop a nosebleed, man. If my nose was bleeding right now, Houston wouldn't be able to do nothing. That's how bad they've been. So they got to stop the run. And D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach who wants to be able to stop the run, who wants to be able to get teams off the field. I think that's the biggest priority for him. If you're able to improve in free agency before the draft, uh, then you can really address and lay 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 to, lay, lay to bed the questions of what are you going to do with number two overall? You go get your quarterback. But they got to do a very good job in free agency and boosting that defensive line. I think that's the number one priority for them before the draft. And I think during the draft, it's putting together a team that can be somewhat explosive on offense during this first year under D'Amico Ryans. Well, things are looking up in Houston, getting D'Amico Ryans in, bringing in Bobby Slowick, and hopefully this offseason is one to remember for a Houston franchise looking to turn things around after a couple of down years. But, Don, I appreciate you for more on the Texans. Be sure to check out John's work over on the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John, thanks so much. I think Houston has promise. I think they do. It's been a couple of rough years in Houston, no doubt. But I think D'Amico Ryans has the smarts, the intelligence, the charisma, and I think is good going to be good for the culture there in Houston to be able to turn things around. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Plus that number two overall pick to get a quarterback there potentially. That does not hurt either. Well, that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Let me get back here tomorrow. It is more NFL content from our Tuesday hosts. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.